Hey guys, I hope you're having a good week so far. Um, we just re- released an QP episode and I have a homily for you. It's the first of a series. The series is on the sacraments of healing. So this weekend we're going to have uh, anointing of the sick and next weekend will be confession and the readings matched up really well and it's right before Lent. And so I thought it would be a good time to get a refresher, kind of just a a dive into the catechetics of it. Um, you know, where is it found in scripture and, and when do you call to, to get anointing of the sick and, and those kind of things. So it's good for all of us to refresh our PSR experience or our, you know, Catholic high school experience or what we learned in, in CCD or RCIA. And so the following is anointing of the sick from this past weekend, the fifth Sunday of ordinary time. And also I want to give, if y'all are listening Shout out to the NET Ministries team that showed up at my parish to give a retreat to our high schoolers this past weekend. Um, I told them I had a podcast at the end of Mass, and they went, you have a podcast? All in like a single chorus of NET Ministries glory. And um, yeah, so y'all are great. Y'all did a great job with our our young people. If y'all don't know other listeners out there, NET Ministries is National Evangelization Team. It's a Catholic ministry that goes, they travel around, they're kind of like a roaming band of Catholic hippies. They live out of a a van and a trailer. They stay at different places, different people's houses. Um, They eat the food that's laid before them. They're kind of living the life of St. Francis uh, called for, and well, really Jesus, right? Uh, Go into any town. Um, If they receive you, great. If they don't, brush the dust off your feet. They're kind of doing that in all these parishes, and it's it's really great. So shout out to y'all. Keep up the good work. Uh, fight the good fight. May God bless you and your ministry. Here is the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time homily, Anointing of the Sick. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, They brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Some might think today's readings are a downer. Kind of sad. Book of Job 
is a sad book. This is, this is from the first reading. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. They come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is like the wind. I shall not see happiness again. Very sad. People might be like, why are we, why are we reading this sad stuff? You know, it's Sunday. The weather's nice. It's beautiful outside. Shouldn't we be celebrating? Well, as Paul said, I became all things to all people so that I may save some. And so the church desires to be all things to all people. And while some of us might be really happy and joyful, for some, the presence of the book of Job and the readings today are maybe one of the sorrowful Psalms of David in Scripture reminds us that even if we feel like this, even if we're depressed or, or hurting, we can be faithful. Right? Readings like this are a blessing for some who are in a certain place in their life. That the church of Christ has a place for someone who feels like this because we all do at some point in our life. You know, it's tempting to think that to be a good Catholic Christian, we have to always be chipper and happy. But it's not the case. Jesus enters into our pain as much as he brings us his joy. And that should be a freeing realization. You don't have to come up with a facade of, of external happiness all the time. And if you don't feel that way, you can still be faithful. In fact, you can be exceptionally faithful because you don't feel the consolations and yet you fulfill the relationship. You know, there are many sacraments that help us along during externally joyful times. I think of baptism. When I show up for a baptism, man, everyone's all smiles. Little baby, you know, the family's all in town. We're happy. Marriages, weddings, I love weddings. If there's tears at a wedding, it's mostly... Because of, of like joy, right? The joy of a wedding until the bill comes to the dad. And then there might be some, some painful tears. But that's like the only one. Like marriage is really happy, right? Holy orders, my ordination was a really great day. And these are examples of how God encounters us with, with grace and the sacraments in externally joyful times. But he also gives us moments of grace when things seem to be going wrong, not right. Two of those sacraments are anointing of the sick and reconciliation. We call these the sacraments of healing. And when we're in need of healing, we're usually not in a happy situation. But that does not mean God doesn't meet us there. He does. And so these next two weeks, I'll be talking about the sacraments of healing. First this week, anointing of the sick. Next week, confession. The readings match up very beautifully, and it's, and it's providential right before Lent comes. You know, we're always in need of a little refresher from CCD days, right? From, from catechism or from PSR, or from RCIA, if you enter the church later in life. And all of us are in need of a refresher on how to defend the faith, our belief in these sacraments. And so, here we go. Uh, the first, I want to clarify terminology. The sacrament itself, today we're talking about anointing the sick, is called anointing of the sick. Not last rites. Last rites is a thing, but last rites is a combination of three sacraments. Anointing of the sick, communion or viaticum, and confession. 
Think of it this way. The last rites, R-I-T-E-S, what it's referencing, that's how you spell it, are the last rites, R-I-G-H-T-S, of a faithful Catholic who is preparing their soul for eternity. And we have that right to all three of those sacraments, anointing being one. What's the scriptural foundation our Protestant brothers and sisters, and maybe you have some friends or family members who, who are part of another denomination of the church, and we share a lot of sacraments, some sacraments, uh, baptism, marriage, or we already named those. But these aren't usually shared with other denominations. Maybe they don't uh, do these. So they might ask, where is this in Scripture? And as Catholics, we believe that every sacrament, all seven, are founded, are found and founded by Jesus in Scripture. In the Bible, here are two places. Mark chapter 6. So they went out and preached that men should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many that were sick and healed them. And so you see references of oil, not just in the Old Testament and the anointing of the kings, but in the New Testament, in the ministry of the church to those who are sick. And the main scripture reference that highlights the anointing of the six is James chapter five. This is important for you. You have to defend the faith. You are the people on the front lines. I'm not, I'm not everywhere. I can't be everywhere. Father Jamin, he's, he's at the chancery most of the time. So he can't be in the, in the, in your workplaces and your families and your, so you, if someone asks you, where is script, where is anointing the sick in scripture? You have to say James chapter five. So let's role play. I'm your neighbor. Okay. Hey, morning, neighbor. Hey, you know, I was thinking, um, where's where's anointing of the sick uh, in, in Scripture? Oh, that's, that's good. I think I want to be Catholic now. How do I do that? No, it's not that easy usually. But James chapter 5 is a beautiful account of anointing of the sick in Scripture. This is what it says. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any cheerful? Let him sing praise. First, that's a, that's a great expression of what Paul says. We become all things to all people. Those who are mourning, we mourn with them. Those who are rejoicing, we rejoice with them. Is any among, among you sick? Let them send for the elders of the church. The Greek that is translated elders here is presbyters. We get the word priest from presbyter. So it's let him send for the priests of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick man and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Wow, that is the anointing of the sick, the laying on of hands, the anointing with oil, and the effects. It's right there in the Bible. We can be confident as Catholics. And so we get to the effects. What are the effects of the sacrament? First is physical healing. Right? This happens sometimes. Sometimes physical healing is a result of anointing. But it's not the most important one. Remember Jesus, when he healed the, the paralytic, he said, uh, your sins are forgiven you. And they go, only God can forgive sins. So he says, okay, that you might believe I can forgive sins, rise and walk. Basically, I'm healing him physically so I can prove to you that I can forgive sins. That man rose, walked, went about his life, and then he died one day. <laughs> the most important thing that happened to him is the forgiveness of his sins. 
And so that's the second effect, forgiveness of sins. It says it right there in Scripture. The third, we don't think about often, the catechism highlights it. Union with the passion of Christ. By the grace of this sacrament, the sick person receives the strength and the gift of uniting himself more closely to Christ's passion. Basically, your suffering, your loved one's suffering, when they receive anointing of the sick in a special way, their suffering is raised up to the cross. It is no longer meaningless. It has meaning. It can be redemptive. It's a part of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. That's what anointing of the sick does. When do you call? When, when do we receive this? Father Jamin, uh, we and him were talking and we wanted to refresh everybody how we do this. You do not have to wait until the very end or the last breath. It's not a, a matter of perfect timing or, or a guessing game of when your loved one immediately is going to die. Preferably a person should have the right to receive the other two rites as well of last rites. Eucharist and confession and consciousness is important for that. So we're not waiting till our loved ones are unconscious so they can receive anointing of the sick. It better be conscious to go to confession, receive anointing and viaticum. Calling earlier rather than later is also practical because it gives the priest a chance to get there with flexibility. If, let's say, Father Jamin is at the chancery or he can get to you and I can get to you. So you would call the parish office if it's not office hours, there's an emergency line that goes straight to our phones and emails as well and gives us emails. I'll end with another quote from the catechism on our response to suffering, our response to illness. And there's twofold. As I've seen this past year, my my ministry of anointing the sick has actually grown and I've understood it better and I've experienced the beauty of it in a deeper way. And I've seen two responses to illness and suffering, either a pushing away from God, a rejection, or a drawing close to God. There's is rarely in, in between. It's either or. The catechism says, illness and suffering have always been among the gravest problems confronting human life. In illness, man experiences his powerlessness, his limitations, and his finitude. Every illness can make us glimpse death. Illness can lead to anguish, self-absorption, sometimes even despair or revolt against God. But it can also make a person more mature, helping him discern in his life what is not essential so that he can turn toward that which is. Very often, illness provokes a search for God and a return to him. We pray for the grace of the latter response. We pray through the intercession of St. Joseph, all of us, for a holy death. What is a holy death? A death in union with each other, with our family. A time of death where we're in communion with the Lord, that we're able to receive these last sacraments, be forgiven of our sins, receive viaticum, and meet our Maker. Amen.